meant that in the sadaka deha we should serve hmm, like we do in the siddha deha, which, uh, for example, had um, followers of that way of thinking, dressing like gopis and and uh, foregoing various uh, practices of sadhana bhakti hmm, that were engaged in and embraced by Rupa Sanatana and so forth, and Jiva Goswami in their sadhaka dehas. And he made the point that the verse means that we should follow, because this verse says we should follow the, the ragatmikas and serve in the siddhade and the sadhaka deha, but it means that these these ragatmikas have sadhaka dehas in the form of the Goswamis and so forth, and siddhadehas at the same time. And so we should follow their sadhaka deha them in their sadhaka deha, in our sadhaka deha, in our practitioner's body, and internally, as it arises, we should serve them in their siddhadehas, in ours. So, there were other controversies, too. It sounds rather elementary, perhaps, to all of you, because you've been educated in a certain way, but it was a big controversy. And he was a great scholar, and um, he wrote many things, and and a, a very sophisticated type of analysis of Rupa Goswami's teaching that, again, ultimately were considered to be heterodox. So, that's just a point. I'm not saying that, that we shouldn't hear anything from Mukunda Goswami. Um, and it's always interesting to hear what people say, but then we would want to cross-reference that with Jiva Goswami, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, um, in case uh, you know they differed in the in instance which they would they would we would obviously defer to them hmm. and so the point of Jiva Goswami with regard to the uh, rarity of attaining bhava is uh, a very strong point and that point is that only by the sadhana hmm, of Uttam Bhakti, hmm? not by any other sadhana. And Pratibhimba Ras Bhav Abhas, the reflection of the semblance of Bhava, is described by Rupa Goswami as pertaining to those who have a, a monistic or in proper terms, impersonal orientation to the Absolute, and they employ bhakti for that end in, in, in mind. And so, the point being that the real bhav of uttam bhakti is rare to attain, because it can only be attained by the sadhana of uttam bhakti, or and, and the... Uh, Required grace, or by grace from Nutam Bhagavad or Lord, as we, as we learned. So, because they're doing a different sadhana, hmm? how they can get the the, the bhav of Uttam Bhakti that comes from the, the, the sadhana of Uttam of, of sadhana of Uttam Bhakti. So, I wouldn't. Uh, I think that's the way I. Um, must have made the point uh, during that lecture and it follows the lead of 
Jiva Goswami in that regard. Um, and he, I'm not sure, I don't remember, he may even say that they can't in that section um, um, himself, which would be even a stronger um, evidence. Whereas with regard to Chai Baba Boss, then it can appear in others by association with devotees and so forth and festivals and and uh, uh, he makes that point in festival that there's chanting and prasadam and deities and it's all going on then this can turn into by good association and it, it can turn into real bhav in due course hmm. so well, yeah, it's true. If an impersonalist gets the association of a devotee and takes advantage of it, but that's another thing. Now they're crossing over into the into the into the realm of Uttam Bhakti and embracing that as their ideal. That if they're embracing the ideal of something other than Uttam Bhakti, how can they get the bhava of Uttam Bhakti? They can get something else. Hmm? But it is possible for impersonalists to have association, but this is that's and then change courses. Hmm? And it's possible for anybody to get special grace. That that's another thing. Krishna could bless anybody. They, they, uh, so it's possible, but um, the point I think that I was emphasizing is that, in terms of how it's being described, as pertaining to those of a different um, ideal and corresponding practice, hmm, they cannot get the bhav of another practice and another ideal. Hmm. In this case, the, the bhav of uttam bhakti. Hmm. But they're getting a reflection of it, and um, and it's not, uh, you know, it's not it's not spoken about in a very um, favorable light in comparison to Chai Baba Boss. So there's differentiation. But yeah, you want to say anybody could be blessed and and get that? That's true. That's another thing. Does that help? Yeah, yeah. What else? I was wondering if you could, if you had any insights on the present and the future of um, Mahaprabhu's movement. One of the things I noticed about you first was how plugged into the historicity, how good a knowledge of the history you had. And um, I was wondering if you had anything to say about the present and the future based on the history of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Well, not much the history. Usually it's about the history, but if you ever had any thoughts about the present situation and any future projections based on how the movement, for example, started as a hardcore spiritualist and how it's set down more into a world religion or like people that are third generation, um, Western Gaudias, or you were talking about that song, how you wanted to die critics not to use the tradition. Uh-huh. And I'm talking about the guy to mantra, how it could change. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism for centuries was going on in a particular way, and and um, and in many parts not with 
uh, a lot of vitality. Hmm. Just like we sent Prahlad Bhakta to Mangaladevi recently for some research. And there's a village there, Sakiras followers of Sundarananda or Sudama. But it, it was kind of a semblance of that. And, and, and Samanda Gyan was lacking and wasn't as vital as you would have hoped. Um, so um, uh, I think there were pockets of vitality and and I want to bring out the point in this regard that you know its attainment and vitality in the form of bhava it's, it's rare as, as we already you know just 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 mentioned sudurlaba so it, it's not uh, um, it's uh, it's not a cheap thing it's very radical somebody sent me an article I was just mentioning it to Sanatan that uh, uh, a research article that based on the data gathered came to the conclusion that people who are religious and people who are non-religious tend to be more grounded and psychologically balanced than people who are spiritual but not religious, which is which is a phrase that's used to define some people today, um, which has within it, I think, two basic divisions. One, people that... Um, kind of make up spirituality as they go, so they tend to be imaginative and um, magical in their thinking and in this way a little out of balance. And then you, the other division is real, essential, uh, uh spiritual, experiential orientation, which is what we try to teach. Vedanta, we have monasteries where people come to decide, I want to be enlightened. This is the goal of life, and I'm going to be focused on that, and so forth. Um, That is very, very um, out of the mainstream, way out, way out of society. Real ego-effacing teachings um, and so forth is uh, very, very foreign uh, to the uh, society, religious and secular. Hmm? And then you get some people who will be interested in it and caught up with the idea hmm, in somewhat of a romantic way, but not listen well enough like I give lots of lectures, as you know, lots of philosophy, and there's, there's a reason for it, to ground people in understanding of what it is and what's it, what it, it takes, what's involved, and so forth. Not to discourage anybody, <laughs> but it's, 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 it is the ultimate, as we understand it, attainment. Hmm? So it's, it's, it's very rare. And so you'll have people that get interested in that, caught up with that, like that idea, and so forth, and then their ability to to make it the center of their life is uh, is often lim- limited, 
and some people can get thrown off balance by their emotionally and psychologically by their attempts to be enlightened, if you will. I mean, we try to coach people very carefully, and I think we're very um, uh, balanced about it. Um, it could always be better, I suppose. It's hard because people are sincere, they want to get involved, and then you have to determine the measure to which they can be involved, on what level, and so on and so forth. We do have the divisions of the monastic life in the house of their life. Um, but um, but what I'm saying is that even within these orientations, even if you situate one properly and so forth, um, in terms of the approach, it is a very radical, very, very, very radical idea. And, um, and, um, and it's true that people can be out of balance. <laughs> it just in in um, identifying with it because you're out of this mainstream. You're very of the society. You're really going in a, in a very uh, different um, d- direction and orientation and so forth. And you know we feel that we create opportunity for bhakti sangskar, and and we know that 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 people are atmas, not their bodies and their psychologies and so on and so forth we're teaching beyond that and trying to affect that in a way that their prospect for pursuing that will be enhanced in due course but it's a very gent very you know uh, um, kind of tightrope balancing act because there there is a lot of potential for becoming out of balance psychology I came I gave everything you know and I thought it was easier than it was and it turned out to be different and now what do I do you know I gotta go to back into the world you know and how's that gonna work and 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 so on and uh, people can turn against the tradition too because it can be because they can be out of balance from it and so on so it's 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 difficult because you you know you, you really try to provide the most Thoughtful and balanced approach to it, but it it is what the territory comes with the territory. It's very uh, radical. So um, that said, um, uh, there is kind of a you know a religious orientation to it, um, and there's monastic life, there's householder life. and uh, uh, I like to think that according to one's psychological orientation, whether they be in householder life or monastic life, the, 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 the psychological situation that suits them better puts them in a better position to make progress. And I think that's true, but then every person has to step on on the gas and so forth. And sometimes the household life, it, you know, it, it's, it has more distractions. Hmm? Even though one may be better psychologically situ- situated there than they would be in monastic life, there it's not a society that's conducive that you know your neighbors are Vaishnavas and 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 so on and so forth, you know, and you go around to get together with friends, at, you know, anywhere and at work and talk philosophy or, or something like that. So it's it's that, that's what's going on, you know, now 
in terms of America, for example, Europe, the Western world, outside of India. And India is a mess, too. I mean, it used to be like that in Prabhupada's time. You could be a Gaudiya Vaishnavan householder and it was a respectable thing to be. Hmm. Um, and uh, and you could men would sit around and have philosophical talks and women, whatever they would do, you know, make garlands, go to temples, do bhajan, you know, and be happy. <laughs> um, and um, that was the, the, kind of the, the norm at, at that time. So, um, so, uh, you know, what's the, uh, uh, saying in, in, in the past, you know, he, there's always somebody, some, some devotees, real, you know, advanced devotees and so forth, but they're, they're, they're rare. Hmm? And, uh, and I don't think that's ever going to change if there's going to be a whole bunch of really advanced devotees. But, um, hopefully there'll be a, you know, a, a balanced kind of a teaching and, and you can develop communities that um, really understand these these points well hmm? and um, start to provide a kind of you know environment that Prabhupada wanted that you know with his temples he wanted rural projects and so on and so forth um, but it really hasn't come to to manifest very um, successfully um, so at the present. I would say it's it's very um, uh, confusing uh, time for Gaudiya Vaishnavism um, in the in the world, in in India, in America. Uh, insightful teachings about the tradition that are that are um, in consideration of contemporary thought are very hard to to find, hmm? and so then you have blocks of devotees or communities of devotees that have very antiquated kind of perspectives and are at odds and entire with an entirety of modern thinking almost in the name of being faithful to a, to a tradition and aren't able to integrate with a modern society in a thoughtful way and get more out of their tradition from it by looking at it more deeply and so what is very Little bit of that. It's very hard for me to find association with persons who, who uh, think like that and understand Gaudiya Vaishnavism at the same time. So, um, so that's un- unfortunate. And um, and you know, then there's there's much Vaishnava parad and misconception about bhakti and and so on. And so it's very disconcerting. At the present, to be honest with you, um, and we're trying to do this, you know, in a small way, um, the kind of thing I'm talking about. Present Gaudiya Vaishnavism in light of contemporary thought. That's why I labored, you know, to speak about, for example, the, this is a contemporary argument that's uh, uh, center stage amongst, you know, uh, philosophers and uh, and in the scientific community, the thinking people. Of the society, what is consciousness and what is what is matter? I mean, I think we, we're players in that field, um, uh, and so 
this is like a bottom line. If you really understand the points that I raise here, you realize we've got a very well-reasoned there are other well-reasoned outlooks too, hmm? but ours is as well-reasoned or or more than than others. So that's stabilizing because you don't want to be involved in something that's that's unreasonable and, and uh, uh, it doesn't 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 stand the test of of good reason. Um, and it's a bottom line spiritually also. It's if you get that, it's very hard to get off course. What am I? Am I a brain, or am I, you know, consciousness? And if consciousness is, is different from the brain in the ways we speak about it, as, as it is, then there are so many possibilities that otherwise wouldn't exist for me. And there's much to realize and experience and so forth by spiritual practice. I want to keep that in front, and then and the bhakti orientation to it also, which, which, really then looks within the consciousness and the possibilities with this nuance of unity and diversity and so forth. That's very exciting compared to just there's a difference between the brain and consciousness and I am consciousness. I mean, that's exciting enough in one sense, but there's so much more. So so these are really core points that you really want to identify with and, and, and reason it out. Do I, you know, believe in that? You know? Hmm? That's why I'm calling... I bring it up. It's you know over and over again in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, to get some people grounded in this type of um, uh, thinking, but uh, but it's difficult, and 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 um, and, um, and so in the present time, I think it's 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 very um, much confused in amongst devotees about what bhakti is and. Um, and um, a lot of religious fanaticism in the name of Chaitanya Vaishnavism, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, um, which is unfortunate. So, um, you know, I have a particular objective to establish certain communities that we started and, and um, a, a groundwork of foundation of literature and so forth. Um, and um, I'm hopeful that people will, those who hear from me, will take advantage of that and understand what I'm trying to do and contribute, give their might according to their capacity to to establish those communities and can continue with the publishing of the books. The more the communities can be running and self-sufficient in terms of of well, everything that goes on in them are supposed to go on them. The more I can, I can write, which is, which is the contribution I can make. That, that at this point, in our sect, others cannot, to the same same degree. So, um, I hope that to, to leave some legacy where these communities, for example, Madhavan, Sargray, Audarya, are really f- fully flourishing. In terms of my vision, I think they'd be very attractive and very supportive hmm, for um, both monastics and um, and householders, and um, and so you know there's potential for ha- and their and their it'd be vital and their understanding of the siddhanta will be very clear. So it'll be very uh, small in a sense, but but vital model that 
is already worked out, so to speak, by me that then can be carried on by others you know, very easily, like a fourth community or a fifth community, you know, in other places, for example. The model is, is, is there. It's a different model. Hmm? And, um, and, and, and hopefully, if these communities, there's much to them, you know, they have also an economic engine tied to them that's connected with preaching through the retreats and so forth that we haven't you know, established one retreat center but we have facilities that that afford and so forth and we would know what to do but we need the resources to establish them which then in turn will provide resources for everything else and so there'll be economic engines uh, there will be um, uh, you know we, there's a reason we have Gornatai we have Christian Balaram, we have Lauren Radhamadava. You know, these are unique spiritual dimensions, spaces hmm, within the subjective meditative world in and of themselves and so forth. And so so they'll have the economic engine, they'll have vitality in terms of the, the Siddhanta and so forth and community as much as they lend themselves to Sargray being the, lending itself more to a diverse community. Madhuvan, more towards pilgrimage, and Audarya. Um, as uh, I, I don't know how I would refer to it, but it's uh, it's a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little smaller community in Northern California, you know, of uh, smaller monastic community in Northern California with outreach and so forth um, in in the area, um, and so. If those are in place, then any number of successors will be, have a model and they'll have an ec- economic engines and so forth to, to further those. And, and my idea would be to have just exactly what we're doing, have these type of communities that, that facilitate monastics, that facilitate householders. Hmm? Um, and amongst our three of them in different ways. I think that Saragrag is kind of like the ultimate model that after Audarya Madhavan, you know, I kind of fully evolved it there, conceptually. Hmm? Um, uh, and so that would be the model I would, you know, would would uh, seek to foster in, in, in other places. And um, I think it's very... Very, very, it's kind of reasonable, if you will. It's a community of well-thought-out people that carry on a tradition of thousands of years in a vital way. It's it's culturally rich, philosophically rich, and able to deal with contemporary thought within reason. The people practice, and they're facilitated in that, and they're happy, and um, and and it. All of the projects lend towards a sensible environmental perspective and sustainability and so forth. It's, to me, it's very, very attractive, and it's a niche, if you will, hmm? where people who are spiritual but not religious could fall into and be safe, uh, safer. Hmm? They could have everything that they might uh, need in that situation to, to uh, be saved from magical thinking. It can have magical thinking, 
within the context of the Gaudiya Siddhanta. There's a lot of magic, but within that, hmm, who's a good a good example of that is uh, Anandamayi. Good, magical person, magical thinking, but as she learns the Siddhanta, then starts to develop within the context of the Siddhanta. Very nice. So, uh, but not in the article that I mentioned was magical thinking. Was they they start to think that people on the TV are talking to them only. <laughs> I've met too many people like that in our group. Um, that's pretty. But it, so positive kind of magical thinking I'm talking about, hmm. and the ability to just turn and say when magical when when you when your religious ideology is termed magical thinking like you might hear from the scientific and philosophical community you can turn around and right on them and say actually you have the magical thinking because hmm. you think that the floor might talk one day by turning into a brain hmm. and feel and and so forth that that, that non experiential reality will turn into experiential reality this is very magical magical thinking hmm. no matter how you dress it up Philosophically, you know, I mean, you just can have a reasonable reply like this. So this is what I'm trying to do. I'm really trying to ground people in 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 philosophical orientation to Gaudiya Vaishnavism and facilitate their practice. And I believe these uh, these type of um, rural communities, especially at Saragrahi, are are a very good example. And so if you have a dozen of them, you know, you can have as many as you want as you can make. But um, it it's it's a good example. It's not like the Quakers that are, you know are living out of the world and but are out of touch. I, mean, I shouldn't say I don't know the Quakers very well, but you know some of these some of these communities that are a little um, more out of touch. At least as you hear about them, I've never talked to them. So, but I but I don't, they don't seem to be like up-to-date on contemporary philosophical thought and, and so on necessarily. and So, excuse me, vital in that way, reasonable people, and committed to the ideal of enlightenment in the context of bhakti, which to me is just very reasonable. As I've said before, if everybody believed in reincarnation and that transcendence and some form of mukti or prem was the ideal of life, the world would change dramatically. Of course, there are a lot of people who believe that, and they're not very good people. <laughs> That's true, too. So a good thing can be abused. Um, but society, in my opinion, at large, is, 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 is like a boat without a rudder. And so you have all these very bizarre things People shooting people, and uh, uh, even you know religious fanaticism. It's 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 uh, it's not a anyway. But society at large is a boat without a rudder. What there's no concerted opinion about what the goal of life is. Whether you could ever get the society to do that. It used to be like that in olden times, more so. But but anyway, we want our students and members to know what they're doing, why they're doing it, and the reasonableness of it, and to have support, good association to, to practice it, 
and know that it's going to take some time and so forth and uh, not be have an airy-fairy idea about it. People will come, some will leave also. Hmm? Hmm. Some people will come with the idea for, I want to be enlightened and end up um, going away and saying, you know, we are the devil. I mean, that part of the territory. But that happens in secular institutes, uh, institutions, religious institutions, all types of groups and so forth. That's just... So to think, well, everybody's going to come and they're all going to be just um, great and happy and there are going to be problems. So you're going to be a little sensible about that and, and expect that's part of the territory. So grounded people is trying to um, help, uh, help to ground people in a very high ideal. Really ground them like I've said before, that both feet are on the ground so that they really are in a position to jump up and touch the stars. Hmm? Um, so that's what we're trying to do. And I, 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 I don't see a lot of other, other examples. I'm not trying to toot my horn, but I have, I don't, what I'm talking about, I don't see a lot of. Um, where others might agree with me, um, I find... Uh, as far as missions go, I find a departure at the same time with regard to contemporary philosophical thinking and science and so forth, and the ability to integrate with that and to um, to identify with essentials over details. That's the problem. There are other communities, there are missions bigger than ours that teach about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the chanting of the Maha Mantra and have deities and look like they do all the things that, that we do, in a sense. Um, but what I find a, a, a lack of, in terms of association for myself in our group, is that ability, as I say, to, to um, integrate in a thought sense, in a thinking sense, with the modern world and contemporary thought, which is so much the... the um, Example of Bhakti Vinod. Hmm. So it may be out there, but I have a hard time finding it and connecting with it. And there are devotees who think like that, and a lot of them, they like us, they identify with us. Hmm. And some of them join us and so forth, and for those, those reasons. But to find groups that are leaders or teaching like that, I, I'm, I'm still, you know, hoping I can find some. I haven't been able to make a good. Uh, connection. Um, so that's that. That is that um, is very significant, I believe, because if you can't do that, that's what Bhakti Vinod Thakur tried to do in his time, hmm? and that's what we all celebrate, right? That we're here because of that, and it's it is flourishing, or did flourish, or has flourished to the extent that we're all here because of that kind of thinking, because of his Bhagwat speech, and because of his his efforts in Krishna Samhita at the time to, to think of Western thought and not just attack it and, and, and so forth, but to find the good in it and integrate with Gaudiya teachings and, and, and so forth. Um, without that, I, I just don't, I, I don't see the future of these uh, sects in terms of there being, they may still be around, but being vital um, and being something that thoughtful 
educated people in the world, in a secular sense, can respect. Hmm? Um, because, well, at least they're well-reasoned, grounded people, and they're aware of contemporary thought, you know, to some extent, and, 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 and so forth. They're not... Um, you know, you can see where the world... Uh, going, not that everywhere it's going is good necessarily, and we just follow the currents of the world, but but I think that knowledge in the material world is always increasing also. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's un, 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 the, the material world has, is, is infinite, that's the teaching, there's an infinite number of jivas here, there's, uh, finite is a is a is a is a conception of uh, Maya, you know, to measure, hmm? and so the fact that the fact that new things are found out about humans hmm, is also that wasn't known before is also because humans are different than they were before. <laughs> they live in a different environment. They have different influences. Industrial society is very different than agrarian society. So they're going to be, they're different people. Hmm? If you were to take a trip to the past, you know, you'd probably feel really out of place and, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, you see those moves, somebody goes to the future and they're just out of place. And so the, the very constitution physically and psychologically of people changes with environmental changes and... Uh, atmospheric, whatever, cultural, and, and so on. Um, so, you have to deal with it. Now they passed a law in the United States that uh, a, 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 a national law that, that, for, that gay people can be married or something like that, you know. So some people want to fight against that and say, you know, this is wrong, this is illicit sex, they, these people can be initiated. You know, I look at it more like, you know, you just went to a planet where that's normal. What are you going to do now? <laughs> you know, that's how Prabhupada came to America. It was like a different planet. And so he did things differently. And his godbrothers thought, he's got women and men dancing in the same temple. How obscene. They're dancing. Men and women in the same, you know, if you were there, it was like the most innocent and pure thing that you could possibly imagine. But from their point of view, what they thought that meant, they just couldn't, you know, relate to that. It was a whole different planet. But Prabhupada saw how men and women interacted, boys and girls, as he called us, and it was very different than they did in, in, in India. And so he adjusted accordingly. Hmm? So it's just evolving, you know. I don't mean evolving in a, in a better way necessarily, but just changing constantly. And so you want to keep up with it and and, and um, present the teachings accordingly, and then you may find out things. Let's say, let's say for example, this is an example: the 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 homosexual orientation. Is it a choice, or you know, is it nurture, or is it nature? Hmm. And <laughs> you're pretty hard pressed to make a, a reasonable argument that it's nurture. Even if you can, the best way that you can make the argument is that it's a nurture that occurs at such an early stage in your childhood hmm, 
in a kind of unknown way because of the way the, your parents raise you and so forth, that it practically is your nature <laughs> by the time you come to puberty, you know. So that's how they, like, you know, they, 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 they make the argument for nurture. Hmm? Now, previously it was just thought, some people choose to be like this, that's weird in a, in a heterosexual society, and therefore, you know, it, it, it's, it's wrong, they should be beaten up and whatever. The reality is, is you know, two kids, th- six kids, guys or friends or, or you know, use men for example, um, uh, all playing football and you know, and and they all reach puberty, and one of them feels like attracted to the other football players the same way that the, the other friends are attracted to the cheerleaders, hmm? and so what do you do now, you know? I mean, what? Beat him up? Yeah, I mean that's what, what was that? What happened? You beat him up, you know. You beat him up, and then you make him into what you say he is. Hmm? He's got nowhere to go. He can't be hired. Hmm? He's branded, so he ends up on the the, the the fringe of society with other people like that, and they look weird. <laughs> And they do weird things because that—that's what society made them into, so to speak, by their understanding, misunderstanding of it. Hmm? Um, so, I don't believe that. <laughs> I, I don't believe that it's uh, nurture, and even if it is, it's in such a primordial kind of a condition that's so formative. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to anybody can make that argument. So formative. That it's practically impossible to. It's, it is your nature. By the time you you know, grow up, we, we are very much psychologically a product of our of our youth, hmm? and so to you know to fight against this uh, you know kind of law and to try to change this or or to um, uh, uh, not integrate Krishna consciousness with it as, as we do, for example, is just is just to marginalize yourself. You can disagree with me, but I'll see you in a few years, you know. It's already happening. It's it's and I've been saying this for, for decades. Um and um yeah, there are lots of people who don't, you know, believe like that, but they're not gonna win elections and they're not going to be the prevailing influence and they're going to be seen as unkind, mean-spirited, bigoted, and, and so forth. Hmm? Which has, those don't sound like very Krishna-conscious adjectives to describe somebody. Hmm? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so this is just one example of what I'm talking about. This is from a social point of view. You know, and it's also you know based on, I think, some science. And we talk about nurture or nature, and then there are philosophical thought. And so, forth. so the you know, this is this is a main major concern for me. That's why I, you know, read other books and and uh, and and you know try to be uneducated as I am, a thinking uh, person. My my only interest is Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and I just love to think about Gaudiya Vaishnavism and contemplate it, and so on and so forth. And then, I, I, everything is colored by that. Whatever I see, hmm? thought patterns and ideas and 
concepts and and so forth. And so I'm just reading about Krishna consciousness. No matter what I read, you know, whatever I, I think about, in, in, in a sense. Uh, I mean, even even I can think. I was telling we were talking about sports events, and I was telling it's not how I think about them. You know, when some when it's something in the news, or, you know, I think about it from a spiritual uh, perspective. I see. Oh, that's Gaudiya Vaishnavism. There, there, there's an example of it, right, right there. Yeah. You know, I forget the examples. Yeah. Anyway, so many things. There's so many points that can be made. Hmm. And the game's over, and there's the winners, and there's the losers, and you know, this Bhagavad Gita right there. Hmm? <laughs> that's it. You know, <laughs> it's so beautiful. You know. And you see the picture of the loser and you see the picture of the winners and, and this is material life. Hmm? Losers will be winners, winners will be losers and there's no way around it. Hmm? So, you know, it's just... So, <laughs> so I think that this is very important and the, and the, um, unless there are strong devotees that, that do this, then I don't, I don't see Gaudiya Vaishnava as being a... A, a vital force. I don't see it being a vital world overtaking force <laughs> very easily, uh, very readily. But I could see the prospect of it being a dignified, um, its ideas found to be interesting, thought provoking, insightful, hmm? um, and uh, and respectable because of the way it's engaged in and the, the, the character and conduct of the of the people. I, I could see something like that and example, uh, speaking loudly, and of course the, the books are there as well, in a small way for a small group of people hmm, that are going to be interested in the idea that enlightenment that involves ego-effacing is the goal of life and that bhakti is a beautiful way to do it. I don't think that's going to be a lot of people. The way young people think now is so different from when I was young. When we were young, we were looking for a mission to join. I mean, not that we needed a mission or something like that, but the idea of joining a mission, we people were, were you know, we, we were a mission, so to speak. The hippies, for example, I was a hippie, so you know, we were a mission. Hmm? Peace and love, change the world, you know type of thing um, and we were many people were joining spiritual sects um, um, nowadays I don't see that uh, young people are very interested in, in joining sex and the, sex and they think they think of spirituality more as something I want to have in my life it's good I should have spirituality in my life it should be dynamic and not the churchy hmm? and um, and have fundamentalists and attached to old uh, rules and regulations that don't make sense and so forth. I don't want that, but I want spirituality in my life. Hmm? There's a lot of people like that, but they want spirituality in their life, and their life is, is what's the most important thing. Their life, their so- social status, their you know, people may look for a group to join, a sangha to join that's progressive and together. Hmm? I'd rather want them to join a philosophy. 
and hopefully, you know, it'll be translated out in terms of its application into being progressive in their insights and thoughtful and grounded and so on and so forth. But what I'm saying is lots of people are looking, there's a good number of people that are looking for a spirituality in life, thoughtful young people. They don't want to be, they want to change and so forth, but they don't, they're not looking, I don't see the same appetite as in my time for spiritual enlightenment, but to add something to your life that's cool and spiritual and it's an important dimension. I'm going to get that in place. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I think this is how a lot of people think about it. And so the prospect of, of getting young men or women to join as monastics is much more limited uh, uh, than it was when I was young. We had already left home, you know, so we're wandering the streets and so, and so forth. So um, it's much more limited. Um, so then, you know, you want to turn that into a, into a dynamic householder community, but a householder community requires a monastic center to be oriented around. It really requires that. So, you know, I'm trying to get a few good men and women who will help, who will be that core that will then help to facilitate the householder community, which will always be larger and and create a situation where their practice can be dynamic and, and have um, as little distraction as possible. But anyway, so... It's something to do. I mean, it's 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 noble. It's a good idea. I'm not thinking of taking over the world and changing the government and looking for the you know somebody the next president to be wearing t lock or something like that. You know, there was you know Prabhupada would sometimes talk about you know, what do we call it? Killing, catching the rhinoceros or something like that. Rhinoceros is difficult to shoot apparently because it's got some kind of armor on it. There's only like one place you can shoot. Uh, as weird as that sounds, to you know, to affect him, so to shoot for the rhinoceros. So he had this kind of big thinking, and I do appreciate it, and so forth. But um, you know, you, it's time to take those ideas, put them into practice in a practical way. And if you can establish what I'm talking about, these sensible communities that have that get along with. Uh, that have good communication with the members that understand the teachings that as the things I've been talking about they're wholesome people and they do have as their goal enlightenment and they do know it's 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 not easy hmm? it's rare they're sensible they're not airy fairy about it and it's going to take time and some people will 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 also um, succumb to other the ideas, which we consider lesser ideas, worldly ideas, and become distracted, that will happen. Hmm? Um, anyway, something like that. Uh, then, uh, then I don't know, you know. You get some of these communities, I think that, that you have a foothold, for example, in, America, in the Americas, or in Europe, you can do it in Europe, or anywhere, but I mean, that's where we are in the Americas right now. We do go to Europe once a year, we'd like to have something there, but it's, uh, but anyway, at any rate, you have these, uh, and you um, have that niche for 
those people. I don't think there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of those people hmm. who will be attra- attracted to this. I really don't. I don't think there's a lot of them. I think there's a small number of them. But you make the facility, and there are people who have sukriti that's been created by great missions like like Prabhupada's work, for example, um, coming through that, and they'll fall into it. And of course, you have your outreach and whatnot. Um, but I don't have any grandiose ideas about it. I'd like to see the current alive, Bhaktivinoda, to keep it alive and uh, dynamic. And the world, for that matter, it's very chaotic. It's very, um, like, like without a rudder, as far as I'm concerned, philosophically. Um, and um, and I, would, I, I also think that of all apocalyptic scenarios, the environmental scenario has the most um, credibility. Hmm. And I, I, I think it's very easy to, to uh, tamper with the nature of nature and create an imbalance in the ecosystem that can be disastrous. And I would think that they're doing that that's happening. Hmm. And um, I, I, if I was to be an alarmist about anything, you know, the Earth is a very special place in the, in the world. It's green and so forth in in the universe. In, in a sense, it's a you know we do have an Earth centric worldview. Yes, we may be orbiting around the sun, but hmm, what goes on here is this is even from the Bhagavad's point of view. This is the Bardvarsha. You know, this is the best place uh, to be. Hmm. So um, to uh, to abuse it um, you know, in the name of material progress. Um, it's the myth. It, you know, it's, it's a, I guess the world does have a rudder today in the sense that it lives by the myth of um, salvation through science. Hmm. Salvation through science. And there's every reason to believe that it will be damnation through through contamination through science and and, and hardly you know um, um, uh, s- s- salvation and I'm not anti-science or anything like that but without some overarching worldview to put on the brakes here then you just you're the god you, you know you want to you want to do away with God but you can't you can't do away with God hmm? it's impossible because when you try to do away with God then you become the gods. Then you have you are the determiners. If God determines the moral law, for example, um, and the physical laws and so forth, then you do away with them, and then you determine the moral laws: what's right, what's wrong, what's happy, and what's not. Hmm? That's scary. And then, um, and then you tamper with the to the extent that you can the physical laws and. And so forth, and so there's got to be, you know, somebody in control, uh, and others are following. It's just unavoidable. I mean, I call them God, but hmm. um, someone's making up the rules, and and uh, so anyway, um, it's a very uh, yeah, it's a very. Uh, Disconcerting time, I think, materially for the world. I mean, everybody kind of, I suppose, feels that over their, in their own times, 
in one sense, but you you know you have this exponential, you know, um, kind of per- development, if you will, through science. So that's that's as as is dangerous and good, and and in, in many respects, obviously, and dangerous. At the same time, so it's very easy to make a mistake, and and if you make the calculation that uh, that you know it's, it's, there's nothing to be concerned about with regard to climate change, um, as some people think, and they're wrong. Well, you know, and what was that book you saw about the sixth the sixth great extinction or something like that? That could be the future. Hmm. Start over again. So. Which says so much for about <laughs> about so many things that people think about hmm? that are important. How important are they? Hmm? Food is important. Hmm? To eat is the most important thing, and we eat spiritually. So we go to the very basic thing that sustains the bottom line of our material sustenance, and we spiritualize it. That's what we do. Hmm? Oh, anyway. So the future of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, well, you know, it's, what's the future of the world? Uh, I, I, uh, it's uh, hard, it's hard to say. But we, but you know, the example that I advocate and so forth is very sensible. And, and you know, you want to talk about sustainability and and uh, you got to look at. Well, from a monastic point of view, we're we're a good example. Overpopulation is not a problem here. <laughs> mm. um, you know, there's an argument about what's sustainable, what's not sustainable. Um, sometimes people complain that uh, drinking milk, even if you have your own cows, is not sustainable. But it's you know, it, it, drinking milk is uh, from cows and taking care of cows. Is inherently sustainable, but in, in in a society that's created the way it is, it may not be. But that's for other reasons. Those other reasons should be changed. There should be this this uh, this communion between certain animals that we call domestic animals and human beings. That where where we this juncture where this there's this connection. There's a profound connection with nature. It's very grounding uh, between nature and, and, if you will, if you call animals nature and, and, and humans. Um, anyway, that's a little bit tangential, but uh, these are some of the things I I think about. Does that help? So, welcome. Good to see you. Good to see you. Was it time? Sri Sri Krishna Balaram ki jai, Puri Vaishnava Guru Paramparaki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Pranam ki jai.